Chapter Seventeen of Grace Harlowe's Plebeer at High School. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Christine Blashford. Grace Harlowe's Plebeer at High School by Jessie Graham Flower. Chapter Seventeen. After the Ball. Yes, here was the hitch that Anne had secretly dreaded, and which the other girls had anxiously hoped to avoid. She had not dreamed what it would be, but she had felt it coming all evening, ever since she had seen Miriam hovering near the library door. And in a way, Miriam was connected with the disaster. Had not Miriam's guest and chum exceeded all bounds of politeness by prying into other people's affairs? No doubt, as she fled from David, her dress had caught in one of the branches of the tree and so pulled it over. All this darted through Anne's head as she stood leaning against the wall, while the room was fast filling with smoke and the pungent odour of burning pine. Suddenly someone at her elbow deliberately called, "'Fire! Fire!' These were the same ominous words she had heard Thanksgiving night, only they seemed now more alarming, more threatening. Who could be so foolish, so ill-advised, as to scream those agitating words in a roomful of girls and boys already keyed up to a high pitch of excitement? Anne turned quickly and confronted Miriam. "'Don't do that!' exclaimed Anne. "'You will only make matters worse.' Miriam looked at her scornfully, although it was evident she had not noticed her before. "'Be quiet, spy,' she hissed, "'and don't make trouble.' "'I suspect you of making a great deal,' returned Anne calmly. She was not afraid of this passionate, spoiled girl, and only the fact that Miriam was the sister of David, her devoted friend, kept Anne from saying more. In another moment the entire Christmas tree was in a bright blaze. Anne had climbed up to a chair, and thence to the table that the crowd had pushed against her as it ran. Anne was about to leap to the floor when Grace and Tom Gray dashed in with an armful apiece of wet blankets.' With the help of the others, they spread the blankets over the burning tree, and the blaze was extinguished almost as soon as it was born. "'No harm has been done,' said Tom. "'The canvas covering saved the floor, and, fortunately, all the furniture has been taken out anyhow. It's all right, Aunt Rose. Nobody hurt, nothing damaged. I never heard of a more accommodating fire in my life.' "'Open the windows now and let out the smoke,' ordered Mrs. Gray. "'And if you have all finished eating, I think you'd better come into the drawing-room while the servants clear out this debris. "'Tom, please tell the musicians to play a waltz. "'I do not want my guests to carry away any unpleasant impressions of this house.' "'The music struck up and the dance began again. "'Well,' said Grace, "'no one need feel badly about the fire, "'because a Christmas tree generally has to be burned anyway, "'and nothing of value but the ornaments was destroyed, "'so everything is all right.' "'It was all my fault,' exclaimed David in a contrite voice. "'Mrs. Gray, you will have to forgive me before I can enjoy a clear conscience again. "'If it hadn't been for that lumbering sophomore, Julia Crosby, "'I should never have lost my temper the way I did.' "'My dear David,' cried Mrs. Gray, patting him affectionately on the arm, "'you couldn't do anything I would disapprove of. "'If you wanted to rescue Anne's doll, I am sure you had some excellent reason for it.' Mrs. Gray had not heard the history of Anne's father, for Grace and her friends had kept the secret well, and Anne herself had never cared to tell the story. She was a quiet, reserved girl who talked little of her own affairs. "'He did have a good reason, Mrs. Gray,' put in Grace, and it was enough to make him lose his temper. Julia Crosby is everlastingly playing practical jokes in getting people into trouble. However, I don't suppose she upset the tree on purpose,' she added thoughtfully. "'Well, well,' exclaimed Mrs. Gray, "'let us forget all about it and wind up the party with a Virginia reel. "'Tom and Grace must lead it off, and Anne, you and David watch the others "'so that when it comes your turn you will be able to dance it yourselves.' "'So it was that Mrs. Gray's freshman Christmas ball ended as gaily as it had started, "'with a romping, joyous Virginia reel. "'There was not a soul, except the little old lady herself, "'who did not join the two long lines stretching from one end of the rooms to the other, "'and when it came Anne's turn she was not afraid to bow and curtsy as the others had done, "'for she had quickly mastered the various figures of the dance. 
Moreover, was she not wearing a beautiful dress of pink crepe de chine? After all, a pretty dress does make a great difference, and felt she could never have danced so well in the old black silk. When the reel was over, the boys and girls joined hands and formed an immense circle about their charming hostess, whirling madly around her as they cried, Three cheers for Mrs. Gray! The old lady was very happy. She waved her small, wrinkled hands at them and called out over the din, Three cheers for my dear freshmen boys and girls! At length, when the hands of the clock pointed to two, and the last of the dancers had departed, Mrs. Gray sank into a chair exhausted. "'I am tired,' she said, "'but I never in my life had such a good time. Was there ever a girl in the world who did not want to exchange confidences with her best friends after a party? Grace and Anne, therefore, were not surprised when two figures in dressing-gowns and slippers stole into their room, crouching on the rug before the fire.' "'We've all sorts of things to say,' exclaimed Nora, "'else we wouldn't think of keeping you up so late. "'In the first place, wasn't it perfectly delightful?' "'Grand,' sighed the others. "'Everything except that one accident and the thing that caused it,' answered Grace. "'By the way, Anne, where is the doll?' asked Jessica. "'Anne produced it from its box. "'Here it is,' she said sadly. "'But it was a cruel joke. "'Can you imagine who could have done it?' "'I have several suspicions,' answered Grace, "'but I make no accusations without grounds.' "'The four girls examined the doll carefully.' "'My poor father!' exclaimed Anne, her eyes filling with tears. "'I'll tell you what, girls,' cried Nora suddenly. "'There's more to this than just Anne's secret. "'How did anyone know we were going to have a marionette show? "'Didn't we keep it dark?' "'Yes,' they answered. "'Perhaps it got out through the servants,' suggested Jessica. "'It certainly is rather an underhanded business,' cried Grace, "'for whoever did this not only must have bribed one of Mrs. Gray's servants, "'but also must have some way or other raked up Anne's secret. "'It was evidently someone who had a grudge against you, poor dear,' she added, patting Anne on the cheek. "'Girls!' exclaimed Jessica, who all this time had been looking the doll over carefully. "'Where have you seen this material before?' "'She pointed at the fancy red waistcoat the doll was wearing. "'It has a familiar look,' answered Nora. "'It looks to me very much like a red velveteen suit I saw somewhere once upon a time,' observed Grace. "'You did see it, Grace, but it was how long ago? Two or more years, wasn't it?' "'I know,' cried Nora. "'Miriam Nesbitt's.' "'Shh!' warned Grace. "'Remember David. He's just across the hall.' "'And he must never know,' added Anne. "'Not if she sent me a dozen dolls.' "'But I haven't finished,' continued Jessica. "'I feel exactly like a detective on the scent. "'This doll is wearing something else that is familiar to us all. "'Anne, you've seen it, I'm sure.' They scanned the doll eagerly. The shabby black suit was made of some indescribable material that might have come from anywhere. The red velveteen waistcoat they had already identified. Then came a little white cotton dickey with a high-standing collar, and then— "'The tie!' cried Nora. "'The green tie! Is that it, Jessica?' "'You are right,' answered Jessica. "'Have you never seen that green silk before?' Grace was in a brown study. Anne could not recall it, and Nora was groping in the dark. "'I'll tell you this much,' said Jessica, who loved a mystery. "'It just matches a certain veil.' "'Miss Lease!' exclaimed Grace. "'It's a piece of the trimming on an old dress she sometimes wears.' "'Exactly,' said Jessica, "'who, having once seen it, could ever forget it.' And so Miss Lease and Miriam had combined forces against poor little Anne. End of chapter 17